0: Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Thanks for being with us. We are your source for insightful analysis and enlightening discussions. Today, we're talking about REITs, Real Estate Investment Trust, where you can go online uh, and to your stockbroker and invest in commercial real estate today. And uh, unlike crowdfunding, there are some advantages to REITs, and we'll talk about REITs. We'll also talk about if you're dealing with REITs, uh, what's some information you might want to know there? And please welcome my guest, Calvin Schnurrett. He is VP of Research and Industry Information with Nareit, and Brad Case, he's Senior Vice President, Research and Industry Information with Nareit. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us today. It's
1: a pleasure. Thanks for having us. The
0: National Association of Real Estate Investment Trust is in Nareit, and you guys have been around for a while. How long has uh, Nareit been around?
1: Since 1960, the same year that REITs were created by Congress.
0: Okay. All right, excellent. And to get us started here, Brad, can you share the quick definition of a REIT for our listeners who who may not be in the business?
1: Sure. Basically, a a REIT is simply a company that is in the business of owning uh, and generally managing uh, commercial properties, income producing properties. Um, and a REIT is, is, is despite the, the, the name real estate investment trusts, mostly they're just corporations. So they're like other companies that are traded in the stock market. The difference is, in order to be a REIT, you have to meet certain requirements. One of those is, your business is primarily real estate. Most of your income comes from owning real estate assets. Most of your assets are qualifying real estate assets. Um, another requirement is, uh, is that you, you have to distribute um, nearly all of your taxable income to your shareholders. Um, and, and, in fact, uh, you, you have to distribute at least 90 percent each year. Most REITs distribute at least 100 percent of their taxable income. And, as a result, they don't pay corporate income taxes because the, taxable, the distributions are deducted from their taxable income. And, therefore, you know, it, it, the investors uh, pay taxes on the, on the distributions from the REITs. But the idea when Congress created REITs was that they wanted individual investors to have the opportunity to invest in commercial real estate just the way wealthy people could. I can't buy a shopping center or an office building, but if I own shares of stock in a REIT, then the returns I'm getting from owning the shares in the REIT are the same as the returns that are essentially the same as the returns that I would get if I owned the same portfolio myself.
0: Right. Well, talk to me after the show. I can get you in a shopping center. <laughs> <laughs> well, how many REITs are there out there? And, and there's some different types of REITs, right? You have public and you have private. And, and what kind of specialties do they cover?
1: Yeah, a, pub- a public REIT is one that is registered with the SEC so that shares in the REIT can be sold to individual investors. And, but there are two types of public REITs. And the biggest part of the market is listed public REITs. That is, REITs whose shares are listed on a major stock exchange like the New York Stock Exchange. There are also public non-listed REITs, um, and we, we actually can't we don't we we're not able to talk about well uh, the investment performance of non-listed REITs because we don't have the same level of data about them. A public a listed REIT is traded every day on the stock exchanges, so we can see what their returns are to their investors and what their dividends are to their investors. Um, there are also what we call private REITs. We just don't know about them. We don't even know how many there are because they're private. Um, But if you meet the, the, the requirements for a REIT and you're subject to corporate income taxation, you don't have to be listed on a stock exchange. But if you're subject to corporate income taxation, and you meet the other requirements for a REIT, then you can be a REIT and you don't have to be public.
0: How many publicly listed REITs are there?
1: There are close to 200 publicly traded REITs right now, and the, and the, the industry as a whole is worth about $800 billion. So it's a pretty sizable, and they own about a trillion dollars worth of commercial properties, mostly in the U.S., but, but also outside of the U.S. as well.
0: And these publicly listed REITs, what type of uh, specialties do you see them in?
1: There are two broad types of REITs. Ninety percent of the industry is what we call equity REITs, and they own buildings. Those are office buildings and in warehouse facilities and shopping malls and apartment buildings. Um, and, uh, and then the other main type of, of, of REIT is what we call mortgage REITs. And the real estate assets that they own are mortgages, whether on individual houses or on commercial properties. They're about 10% of the market. Um, and so in, in equity REITs, uh, you know, equity REITs own properties in really every kind of income-producing property that you can think of. Um, from, as I said, office buildings and shopping centers to, uh, to data centers and, um, and uh, student housing, um, even prisons. Mm-hmm.
0: And most of these REITs, uh, public listed REITs, they do specialize in a property yes, sector, right?
1: Yes, they do. In the early days of the REIT industry, mm-hmm. it was common for a REIT to have properties of different types, but all in one, um, one geographic area. Um, But over time, what we've seen is that REITs have developed a specialty in managing a particular kind of property. I'm really good at managing a regional shopping mall, so I'm not going to bother with owning an office building because there's another REIT that's better at run, at owning at owning and managing office buildings. So I'm going to compete where I compete the best. And
0: that makes sense. I mean, both for them and th- for the investor who's investing in that REIT to know that look, they specialize in that property type and they know about it. And then you have the diversification, right, of them being over several different states. Yeah.
1: Yeah, if I if I'm an investor and I I I want a diverse diversified exposure to the commercial real estate asset class, I can get that so easily through a mutual fund or an ETF that focuses on REITs because that will give me exposure to literally every type of commercial property in every part of the country.
0: Right. And how have these REITs performed uh, compared to the stock market over the last few years?
1: Um, We have data going back to 1972, the beginning of 1972, Mm -hmm. and for the last 40 years, for example, the average return on equity REITs has been nearly 14% per year. Now that's that. I don't expect anyone to be able to get 14% per year over the next 40 years. It may happen, but I but I can't predict that. But what we've seen historically is that generally REITs, reit returns are a little bit better than the rest of the stock market, and certainly quite a bit better than other ways of investing in real estate. Uh, you know, through a private equity fund, or, for example. Um, but REITs move differently from the broad stock market, and that's what gives gives investors a diversification benefit. So, what you what you're getting when you invest in REITs is you're getting exposure to a different market cycle, and very good returns on top of that.
0: As part of the reason, because of the uh, of the return differences, is this part of the reason because of the dividends.
1: Absolutely, mm-hmm. as I as I said, you know REITs are required to distribute um, mm-hmm. uh, most, if not all, of their taxable income. And, and so as a result, the dividend stream from REITs is very, very strong and very, very steady. Um, now, most dividends are, are considered ordinary income, um, and they're taxed, as, taxed at ordinary income tax rates. Um, but with REITs, some, a part of the dividend, in some cases it can be a large part of the dividend, is long-term uh, capital gain. If a REIT owns a building and sells it, it distributes the gains from the sale of that building to the shareholders and that's taxed as a capital gain.
2: There's another aspect of the diversification and that comes from the different economic fundamentals behind each part of the sector. Uh, At at the most basic level, REITs are owning mostly U.S. domestic real estate whereas someone say in the S&P 500 or New York Stock Exchange has a lot of multinational corporations that may get a third of their earnings from overseas. So one thing that we've seen is times when foreign countries are weakening, when the overseas investments are weakening, the U.S. stock market, uh, the corporate stock market may be selling off, but the REITs are looking more at a different set of sales, a different set of companies, so that gives the investor some protection against those market movements. And then even within the REIT sector, you've got the office sector, uh, obviously tied to employment, but you've also got things like healthcare, which is driven by a non-cyclical dynamic, a very different set of parameters driving it. So someone who's investing in REITs is able to smooth out the fluctuations in their portfolio compared to what they get on other investments.
0: And I guess with a REIT too, you have the underlying real estate is always there right? I mean, you have the value of that real estate. And then how does it work with the, the mark to market, if you will? I mean, you know, some of these REITs are, or they have cash flow properties, but the, the values of these properties can fluctuate. How does that impact the return on these REIT stocks?
2: A lot of the return on the stocks is actually driven by their, their earnings, their mm-hmm. their earnings. Uh, the, the metric that people usually look at mm-hmm. um, is uh, a bit different from the rest of the uh, listed equities Mm -hmm. is funds from operations. So FFO is the main thing that people are going to be looking at Mm -hmm. and essentially that's related to their earnings but then they uh, account for the depreciation allowance which is very important with Mm -hmm. with earning the buildings. So um, the mark to market comes into play when they buy or sell properties but they're not flipping properties they're basically buy and hold investors who manage properties that are income producing so they generate they they get revenues and that gives rise to the funds from operations. So investors should look to see if they're generating strong FFO mm-hmm. um, and what is their uh, premium to their net asset value.
1: Yeah, one of the advantages of, of of REITs and and of the real estate business is it's so much easier to see what the assets are. Mm-hmm. If I'm investing in phar- in a pharmaceutical company, what I'm investing in is the chance that they'll come up with with a new with a hot new drug. Mm-hmm. Um, that's very iffy it's very difficult to see what that asset is worth in real estate, it's very easy to see what the assets are worth. You know, we're we're sitting right here in a in a building that happens to be owned by a listed REIT. I can I can drive up to the building. I can I can hire somebody to tell me, to give me an estimate of what that building is worth. And I can do that for every single building that, that a given REIT owns, and that gives me a sense of whether the REIT is selling cheap relative to the value of its assets.
0: Yeah, good points. Well said. Well, stay with us. We'll have more on the REIT market. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Boyle. Thanks for being with us. For today, we're talking about REITs, Real Estate Investment Trusts. And we have Calvin Schnurer here and Brad Case. They're both with NAREIT, National Association of Real Estate Investment Trusts. And, and guys, since REITs are public, what types of information is readily available?
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a certain category of information that they have to provide mm-hmm. on a quarterly or annual basis. It has to be audited. Uh, and so, and all of that information, that has to be provided by any um, any public corporation has to be provided by REITs as well. But as Calvin was mentioning, in addition to that, that you know the the information that that uh, that fits generally accounti- uh, generally accepted accounting principles, GAAP standards, um, REITs also provide provide additional information like funds from operations.
2: Um, That's a really important. Uh, important point because as an investor I like to know what I'm buying I like to know what the risks are I like to know what the opportunities are and one of the characteristics about REITs is they're very transparent Brad's talking about these disclosures. These are all uh, to the SEC. These are all posted on the website. Actually, I work in the industry. I pull the information off of the, off of the SEC website, and I look at it to see what's there. You can look at what are the risks, what are the structure, what are the sources of value, what are they earning, what's the prospect for them going forward. And
1: everybody has access to that data.
0: And there's companies rating them as well, right?
1: Absolutely. Equity analysts are very very active in, in the REIT, REIT mm-hmm. market. Mm-hmm. Um, debt analysts, too. Um, And so they are looking at the same fundamentals, they're listening to the earnings calls, they're gathering all of the information, but they're also gathering information about macroeconomic conditions. Mm -hmm. And that turns out to be very, very important, um, both in terms of choosing uh, property types that you think are going to do particularly well going forward, and also in terms of, of thinking about the entire industry as a whole.
0: Yeah. yeah, good point. And if you're thinking about investing in REITs and you want to know a little bit more about the property sectors and what's happening, you know, you can listen to the Commercial Real Estate Show, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And we have analysts on every week talking about the, the various sectors. And another thing that I think uh, is important for investors uh, in REITs is it considers the, the focus and experience of the people running those REITs, right? And is that something that they can figure out?
2: Most of the management teams in these REITs have been there for decades. These are experienced professionals. Uh, you mentioned earlier that they're mm-hmm. dedicated to a specific property type. So, and Brad was commenting that the ones who are running offices know the office business. They know how to buy, invest, manage these properties. Uh, so it's got quite a bit of expertise.
1: And typically they'll, they'll have people who are in charge of acquisitions so looking at, at buildings that are on the market deciding whether that's a building that that REIT wants to wants to own and how much should they pay to acquire it and then other people are, are deciding you know, is it is it time for us to sell some properties and you know is it, it, can we do better by shifting our portfolio by, you know getting rid of uh, these buildings in the southwest part of the country and getting and, and buying these buildings in the Midwest part of the country or something like that So the, there's a lot a of, lot of a specialization within the REIT.
0: Yeah, those are good points. I mean, we we sell properties to and for REITs, and we're always impressed with the uh, the focus of the REIT and their you know their their analysts and their acquisition teams, and they know what they're doing. They're getting access to uh, good properties. And um, another thing that I want to ask you about is if you're a investor out there and you're you're trying to invest in REITs, what are some other sources for information? about these REITs uh, that they can access, maybe to pay or not to pay to access?
2: Well, one thing that we have that's free is REIT.com. This is the website of NAYREIT, the trade association for REITs. So it's REIT.com. There might be a www in there, but it'll find it. Uh, It has lots of information on the industry overall. It has some of the definitions, some of the things that we went through earlier. If if some of the listeners have questions, they can look there. Plus, we have reports on the industry. There are podcast video interviews with uh, industry experts, analysts. Uh, Brad and I each do things regularly. There's a whole host of information Available uh, for free on REIT.com.
1: And in fact, one of the other things that, that we provide on REIT.com is, is, uh, is links to the individual REITs. Mm-hmm. And if you want, you know, let's say that you're interested in investing in the healthcare sector. Mm-hmm. You can specify tell me every, every REIT that, that whose property holdings are mainly in the healthcare sector. It'll screen them for you, and then you can go through and look at the websites of each of those individual REITs and and look and, and decide whether their strategy is what you're looking for.
0: Nice. And we'll have that link on the website at commercialrealestateshow.com. Well, what is the outlook from the rating agencies about the REIT market? What are they saying right now?
1: Well, in general, in, in general, the, rating, uh, the ratings agencies are, are quite confident mm-hmm. in, uh, in in the in the real estate market and in the REIT market in particular, and that's and that's because what we've seen historically speaking is when REITs um, need capital, either to make acquisitions or simply to complete you know finish paying off a, a mortgage that, that is coming due, they they've had very very strong access to capital from both the equity and the debt parts of the of the market. Um, and that access to capital means that equity analysts and debt analysts don't have any concerns about you know a crunch coming forward. Um, that's and that's not true of every real estate investor, but that's that's certainly been the case for REITs.
0: And that helped the REITs through the downturn, right? That they had the liquidity, so when these loan maturities came up, uh, they, they could deal with them, right?
1: That's right, REITs
2: use debt, but they have a moderate amount of leverage. There were some REITs that got a bit over the shoes uh, during the crisis and and they paid for that. But by and large, REITs rely primarily on raising equity capital and only a moderate amount of debt. Um, And then that gets into the other part of the question about the rating agencies. Since they rely very heavily on the the equity. Equity analysts provide probably more information as a third party validation for what's going on. This is not like a bond rating investment. Mm -hmm. Um, And the equity analysts have been looking at third quarter earnings, which came out uh, just fairly recently, and by and large, they've said across most of the property types, most of the firms, uh, there were fairly good results. REITs have performed well, there's been rising occupancy, uh, vacancies are falling, you've got rent growth, which you expect with a growing economy. So the equity analysts have been giving the thumbs up for the sector.
0: Yeah. You know, and I studied the market, obviously, every day and uh, doing it for 30 years and doing this show for four years. And as I talk to, to people and look at the market, it seems like real estate is in, a, is, is in a good mode now. I mean, it's been very little new supply in most of the country. So I think we'll continue to see rising rents I maybe... Some rents rising more than the, some of the tenants would like uh, because of the lack of new supply. So yeah. I, I agree. I think it's a good time.
1: No, I, I mean if, if you look at if you look mm-hmm. at the stock market, the stock market follows a, a stock market cycle of mm-hmm. maybe four years. There's there's disagreement about exactly what is the normal length of a stock market cycle. A real estate market cycle is more like 18 years, mm-hmm. and the last two real estate market cycles were almost exactly that. We're still fairly early in this one, and as you mentioned, construction in basically every, every uh, property type nationwide is well below even normal levels. So mm-hmm. uh, cycles tend to end when construction gets too high and, and relative to demand, and therefore vacancy rates go up and rent growth suffers. We we seem to be very far from that in the real estate yeah, market. Just jump
2: in on that too. I've I've looked very re- recently at the actual data on how much construction are we doing. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look in dollar terms as opposed to the number of units or number of square feet, uh, in dollar terms, the amount of construction in retail space is actually less than it was 20 years ago. It fell very much during the crisis. People were unwilling to commit new dollars, commit new projects, so there's not a whole lot, there's virtually no new supply coming on in most property types. There's a similar story in office construction. There's very little office construction. It's, it's a bit higher than uh, retail relative to past, uh, past trends. Uh, the one area where there is a moderate amount is in multifamily apartments. That has picked up, but that's after a period of many years where we just weren't building very many. So in short, all types of these commercial uh, property are facing a backlog of construction.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Well said. And even though there's a lot of construction going on in multifamily, all the analysts I speak to suggest that we're not overbuilding there because there's so much demand from millennials and, and for other reasons. Well, stay tuned. We'll have more on the REIT market. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. Commercial Real Estate show is brought to you in part by Realnex, providing a comprehensive suite of powerful commercial real estate tools at an incredibly low cost. Visit realnex.com. That's R E A L N E X. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate show. I'm Michael Ball. Thanks for being with us. Today we're talking about REITs, real estate investment Trust. My guests are Calvin Schnoor and Brad Case. They're both with Nay Reed and you guys uh, are watching the market every day. You're watching these REITs. How much capital have these
1: REITs raised recently? Well, uh, during the first three quarters of this year, they've raised more than 50 billion dollars, and that's uh, that's been a fairly normal pace. Uh, you know, last year they raised nearly 80 billion dollars for the for the year as a whole. Um, what we've seen this year is is about uh, an even division between equity and debt raising. Mm-hmm. Um, over the last few years, we've seen more equity being raised. Uh, REITs, REITs were actually bringing down their use of debt, really so that in, later on, if they wanted to, to use more debt, their, their, ba- their balance sheet would, be, would support that. Um, one of the advantages that REITs have uh, over other investors in real estate is that they a- have access to both equity and debt, both through the public markets and, and the private markets, so that anytime they see a good acquisition, they can tap the part of the market that is most favorable at that time uh, to make that acquisition. Actually, one of the things that we do is pay attention to the research that academics, uh, economists, and finance researchers are doing about the real estate market. And there was actually a very interesting paper published a few years ago that asked the question, do REITs have an advantage over other real estate investors because they have access to capital when others don't? And the answer is yes, so that's a, that's a very important piece of why REITs have been so successful.
2: You know, Michael, the fact that they're raising you know $50 billion uh, the first three quarters of the year, 70 plus billion last year, that just reflects that they see attractive opportunities in this business. Mm-hmm. The overall economy is gradually recovering after a bad recession. There are commercial buildings out there that are available at good prices. The fact that the REITs can raise equity, they can raise debt, they can buy those properties at a really good value, collect the rents, and then pay them out uh, to, to shareholders in dividends.
0: Yeah.
1: It's, it's a vote
0: of confidence in the industry. Absolutely. Yeah, it really is and you know the, the fact that they can possibly get a lower cost of capital than some of the potential investors they're competing with is important i know when we will take a property to market and you know we look at a reit that so look we've got a team of analysts that will underwrite this property we'll fly out there next week uh, and we'll close it in 30 37 days uh and then the other investors looking at well i'm gonna get a 60 new new financing on this and i need three months uh, they're gonna get the cho- they're gonna get the nod, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, if yeah. you if you have a better cost of capital, then that means every building is worth more to you.
0: And when the seller's ready to sell, they're ready to sell for some reason. It's <laughs> 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 like, you know what's another month or two, but uh, you know they they all want to do it quickly for some reason. Um, well, speaking of raising money, you know, what has been the volume of REIT IPOs, and uh, what do you expect moving forward there?
2: The, the REITs were having quite a few IPOs, and then last year there was a lot of market turmoil. Not just REITs, but the b- market in general. And the mm-hmm. IPO uh, spigot dried up for a while. Uh, we've seen more IPOs starting to come to the market. We are seeing more, more new REITs forming and, and wanting to come in. And again, that's because they see attractive overall opportunities in investing in commercial real estate.
1: You know, sometimes we talk about what we call the modern REIT era that started in the early 1990s, and there was a tremendous IPO wave. A lot of, a lot of our, the biggest REITs in the market right now uh, became uh, did their IPOs for the first time at that time. We haven't seen the same kind of wave this time, and part of the reason is that the existing market is so much more competitive. It's, it's harder to accomplish an IPO. But the other part is that most of the growth of the REIT industry has not been through IPOs. It's been through acquisitions of assets by the existing companies. The, the REIT market has grown by well over 20% per year for over those, you know, 20, nearly 25 years. And most of that, and most of that, has been acquiring properties. And, and, and as Calvin say, said, you know, doing a better job of acquiring properties, acquiring them at better times for better prices, using more favorable financing, and that's that's what causes the industry to grow.
2: You know, the REITs specialize in certain parts of the market. We talked earlier about geographic specialization and property type, office, retail, or so on. They also tend to go for the high-grade sites. They go for the investment-grade properties because those are the ones that they can manage easily, they can manage them very efficiently, and, you know, they know what they're getting. It holds the value for the investors.
0: Yeah, that's a good point, point. Uh, and when we're dealing with them, they're always looking to improve their portfolio of properties and have the nicest, newest properties they can at all times, and it seems to be one of the things they're trying to do, and, and that's helpful if you're an investor, that's the properties you want to invest in, right? Yeah. One of the things that, that's kind of coming of, of age in the last year uh, because of the JOBS Act is, is crowdfunding and some uh, investors can invest online th- uh, through crowdfunding in properties. Let's compare this for a moment uh, to investing in a REIT. Some people might say well with the REIT you've, investing in a REIT you've got more cost. There's obviously some fees and costs that go into you know, investing uh, uh, through through a REIT that you might have less cost through crowdfunding but With crowdfunding there's there's no rules and regs there's there's probably less vetting going on so what are some of the advantages for investors of going into to investing in a reit versus a a crowdfunding limited partnership thing deal
2: you're right on the rules and regulations Mm -hmm. and and the transparency we talked Mm -hmm. in an earlier segment about the transparency that Mm -hmm. these reits disclose all their financial information including what's in their real estate portfolio to the SEC available for every investor. So, there's a a lot of protections there. Um, The other thing is REITs have good scale economies in managing properties. They build a large portfolio of properties so that they have a dedicated management team that can cut the overall costs of managing that property. Yeah,
0: good point. And they're also much more liquid. Well, stay tuned. We'll have more on the REIT market. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right
1: back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by Florida International University. With FIU's Fast Track system, you can earn your master's in real estate in just 10 months without interrupting your career. Visit FIUonline.com to learn more. That's FIUonline.com. Welcome
0: back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Today, we're talking about REITs Real Estate Investment Trust, and we have Calvin Schnurr with us and Brad Case, both with NAREIT. And gentlemen, there's a lot of development these days around the world. There's some emerging markets that uh, may be ripe for real estate development, especially some of the major uh, cities and uh, overseas. What about investing in REITs? Can you do that and invest globally?
1: Yeah, you sure can. Mm-hmm. There, are, there are a couple of ways you can do that. One is in you know, several of the uh, of the U.S. REITs, a couple of dozen of the U.S. listed REITs have significant holdings of properties overseas, and that may be in, in Europe, the U.K., and Germany, and places like that, or in Latin America, Mexico, and Chile, and, or in Asia. Um, so there are, there are quite a few REITs that, that, that have significant holdings, and that gives you, as a U.S. investor in a U.S. company... That gives you exposure to real estate markets around in other parts of the world. There are also 30 other countries that have uh, REIT or REIT like regimes in place. And so you can invest directly in, they may not be called a REIT, but it was a, what is effectively a REIT in another company, in another country whose holdings are mainly in that country. And that can be important because the real estate market cycle in this country may be different from the real estate market cycle in another country or in another region of the world. Now, what investors should keep in mind is it's more important to have have, uh, exposure to the real estate asset class, even if you never step outside of this country. Um, Because the real estate asset class is what gives you very, very strong diversification benefits. But there can be additional diversification benefits from doing that overseas as well as in the U.S.
0: Okay. Now let's talk about interest rates. I mean, we all expect uh, interest rates to to rise in in 2015, and uh, maybe a question of how much and and when, but uh, it seems that it's going to happen. So how would that impact uh, the performance of REITs moving forward?
2: One thing to look at is the cap rate. Mm commercial real estate, people usually look at the cap rate uh, to see the the valuation, the the income relative to the valuation of the property. Um, But you can also look at the cap rate, the spread of the cap rate to treasuries. Now, the cap rate spread typically follows a cyclical pattern. It widens during a recession, early in recovery, and then it narrows as risk premiums uh, disappear. Um, Right now, the cap rate spread to Treasuries is much wider than it normally would be, and that's because the Federal Reserve had been on their trillion-dollar bond-buying program. The Fed's bond-buying program has pushed down the Treasury yield so that the cap rate spread is, oh, maybe 100 basis points wider than it normally would be at this point. So. The commercial real estate market could easily absorb a hundred basis point rise in Treasury rates without having a whole lot of impact on cap rates, which which might affect the property values. So, overall, uh, the the. The properties are priced fairly well, given where the Treasury market is with what the Federal Reserve has been doing.
1: You know, Michael, something that's, that's probably worth, uh, worth, worth talking about is that over the last year, year and a half, we've seen the market react to information or expectations about interest rate movements going forward. And in some cases, that hasn't really made sense. When you look at, at, at REIT performance, um, historically speaking, generally speaking, when interest rates go up, REITs have done well. And that's because interest rates go up because of strength in the macroeconomic situation. Um, if, if, if sometimes people react in the opposite way, so what we saw during uh, 2013 was there was concern about rising interest rates and people sold off REITs. That was not the normal market reaction. And that means it was a real buying opportunity. REITs went down by about 15% during the summer of 2013. And people who who looked at the macroeconomic situation and said, REITs are going to do well because they're owning properties that are appreciating in value as the macroeconomy strengthens, those investors were able to make substantial, su- substantially better returns by going against the market. And so if you understand the real estate market cycle, and you understand. Uh, the, the the way that the macroeconomic conditions affect the, uh, the the returns to owning property then you can really take advantage of other investors in the market
2: you know a really important point to keep in mind Michael is that these are really low interest rates mm-hmm. right now if someone wants to invest in and, and finance a portfolio of commercial properties the interest rates available right now are really attractive the interest rates at this rate plus 100 basis points are still really attractive this is still a very favorable environment for real estate investment, and the REITs are really well positioned.
0: Yeah, and and like we talked about earlier, um, they're not using uh, bank financing to to go out and acquire these properties, so they're also going to compete well if they're competing with other investors who are going to get financing. They may have a lower cost of funds. You mentioned the timing on investing. Is there any credence to, if you want to invest in a REIT, to, to invest in those REITs when the stock market is taking a lull?
2: I understand the, uh, the 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 desire to want to buy uh, on the on the on the best price. We all we all want buy low, to do that. sell high. Uh, buy low, <laughs> sell high. Um, realistically, that's pretty difficult to do. Uh, mm-hmm. A really good strategy mm-hmm. is saying this is a solid asset class with good earnings potential. Uh, it's well managed, and for a long-term investor to have some portion. you know, Brad was commenting. You know. Mm-hmm up to 20% of your portfolio there gives you diversification. For the long-term investor, I know you'll do well. A short-term buying on the dips, that might work well, uh, but I know that buy and hold strategy with commercial real estate is a winner.
1: Yeah, the important thing is to have a diversified portfolio, really at all times, rather than trying to be the smartest person in the market. Um, Plenty of people have tried that, it just doesn't work very well, even for the most sophisticated investment managers. And so so I think that, that for most investors, for essentially all investors, the better approach is to say, I want to have a strategic allocation to the real estate asset class. I want to have a certain part of my portfolio that's going to be in there at all times. And, and how much that should be really does depend on the individual investor. You want to, want to talk to your financial advisor, figure out, you know, what, what exactly should be your allocation. But there's not really any, any argument um, for having zero exposure to real estate. Yeah.
0: Well, that makes sense. You know, I'm, I'm in the real estate business and I broker it every day. And then I study it on this show. And, you know, I feel very confident on the future of the value of commercial real estate. So it is tempting to invest in these REITs when the stock market itself is, is taking, taking a dip. Seems like good timing to do it. But uh, there's smarter ways to do it than I would do it. <laughs> or, or I wouldn't still be having to do a show, right? Well, thanks for joining us on the show. Stay tuned. We'll have more on the REIT market. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by France Media. France Media provides exposure to the world of commercial real estate. Visit francemediainc.com or call 404-832-8262. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. We're talking about REITs, and we have Brad Case here and Calvin Schnoor. And gentlemen, uh, if you want to invest in more of a a niche sector, if you will, maybe it's uh, healthcare or maybe it's uh, self-storage or something, you can do that through REITs, right?
2: I'm not sure if I would call it a niche. Commercial real estate is is growing with the U.S. economy. And there are some types of commercial real estate that just didn't exist 20 years ago. Uh, some of the data centers that you have for storing the data used for cell phones and so on, and these are housed in income-producing commercial real estate um, that you know, wasn't around before. So it is fairly new. Uh, we've seen asset classes start out. You mentioned healthcare. Uh, healthcare was considered a new asset class a few decades ago, but now it's pretty much an accepted standard class, it's really proven its worth. So what we're seeing with a lot of these other new asset classes coming along is, they're, they're proving their worth. They have many of the same characteristics. They have a stable asset. They're paying out income to investors, and you give you a diversification. But there are a lot of them, and that's just showing the popularity of the REIT structure.
1: And yeah, they do have different demand and supply conditions in mm-hmm. different parts of the market. You know, if you look at the strongest performing REITs during the, during this year, it's been the apartment sector. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in previous years, it was you know maybe timber REITs or infrastructure REITs. Uh, so demand and supply conditions affect different parts of the market. So you you really do want exposure to all of them, uh, but and you can get exposure to all of them through the listed listed REIT market.
0: Okay, and one of the things that's really helped the commercial real estate market is the lack of new supply. New construction levels have been real low, and are REITs getting back into development? Are are, are they developing properties? Or are they still just buying? Uh, We're
2: we're, we're seeing some development activity Mm -hmm. because it's true, as you mentioned, that Mm -hmm. there is just not a whole lot of supply out Mm -hmm. there as the economy is getting going. Uh, Multifamily is one area where there is development. Their REITs are doing development. They're building new buildings. But by and large, REITs are not in the development business. Mostly they buy... And manage these properties that gives them a steady income stream. And it's important to keep that in mind because the property development is the more speculative end of the business. Um, that's where you might make big money sometimes, but you can lose an awful lot if you time the market. The REITs are not in the speculative development business. They much more stick to the bread and butter of maintaining the properties, managing the properties.
0: That's a good point. That's what makes them a safe bet, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, I think that's one thing that your
2: uh, investors who are online might find mm-hmm very comforting to know that they're they're not going out and taking a bet that this is going to be a hot new market they're yeah. sticking with something that's already producing income
0: right and we bring a, an office uh, property uh, to market for example and if we've got 15 20 percent vacancy we realize it's not going to be a REIT where you go to the other yeah. buyers well guys if you can give us a, a closing tip for our listeners before you have to go
2: what we've seen is that uh, real estate does really help a uh, portfolio. It, d- it deserves a part of your portfolio. And if you don't have real estate in your portfolio, you're not as diversified as you could be. So you can look <clears throat> online, you find mutual funds, you can find ETFs that have real estate exposure through REITs. You can mm-hmm. call your broker and ask about some of the specific names in REITs. Uh, but if you get those in your portfolio, they'll tend to give a good yield, some inflation protection and diversify your portfolio.
1: You know, I'd go a step, step beyond that. If, you, if you're covered by a pension fund or if you're contributing to your college or university, then you want to know, are they investing in REITs too? Because if they're not, then that's a part of your exposure that, that's, that's not being helped.
0: So you get on the phone and tell them to do it, right? Absolutely. And I guess if you want to know about the different uh, sectors and you're trying to pick from a REIT, and uh, look at the different sectors, you can listen to the commercial real estate show, right? Absolutely. Sure can.
2: <laughs> or you can listen to you can look on Reet.com on the exactly. the NARIT website, because Reet.com has information as well. Yeah,
0: that's a great source. Well, gentlemen, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate you coming into Studio One.
1: Michael, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having
0: us. Well great. And be sure to join us next week because we're gonna go to the National associate I can't talk today, the National Association of Realtors Conference in New Orleans and we're gonna cover the commercial real estate into the market. So be sure and catch it next week. And until next week be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh and join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty Commercial Brokerage, a great place to do business. Visit bullrealty.com. RealNex, a comprehensive suite of powerful commercial real estate tools at an incredibly low price. Visit realnex.com. That's R E A L N E X. Sozo Web Hosting and Cloud Solutions. Secure, reliable, and worry free. Visit Sozo.com. That's S O Z O.com. FIU, Florida International University. Earn your master's in real estate online in as little as 10 months. Visit FIUOnline.com. And by France Media, providing exposure to the world of commercial real estate. Visit FranceMediaInc.com. For more information on these great companies or for additional podcasts, videos, or blogs, visit CREshow.com.